This is Bark, a.k.a. Thorn678, bringing a new segment, um, the Monomania Chronicles. I wanted to talk about the Maxine Agassi crew and her EVS keyword, because I'm going to be giving them a shake here for a few games. Uh, I'm going to try for at least three, shelving the hive mind for a little bit, just so I can get a little bit of a different experience. <clears throat> I'm highly anticipating playing EVS because they seem to be very compatible with two things, three things really that I like. One is hyper aggression. Part of that is usually being really fast and um, card dominance. Now I say card dominance, not card, not like hand manipulation, not necessarily card draw, not destroying my opponent's hand, but it's that um, my hand works extra for me by lower numbers acting as higher numbers and being able to um, cheat off of my opponent's deck, the top of my opponent's deck, or um, um, the top of their discard pile. Looking forward to the very different play style that it is from Nexus. Kind of reminds me a little bit of Anya in a way. Um, and by that they can both kind of be put in the bucket of hyper-aggression and speed, a little bit of card shenanigans, syndicate with being able to take a damage to add a suit, and also the existence of Winston Finnegan in keyword to give Arcane Reservoir. Very much looking forward to Maxine. Her, uh, everything about her keyword is very appealing to me. The nautical theme, the fluff, her recent, um, but I don't want to do any spoilers, but um, let's say that the heat is turning up a little bit. So when I'm looking at list building, I'm looking at how fast can I get models across the board. So first off, Maxine 1 can make two models fast with uh, one action with a trigger. So what you do is you can make Tide Collar fast and have him yeet models up the board. So I'll, I'll see how that works out. I don't know if that's going to work well or not. They're not a super tanky crew, so I could just be throwing them to their death. So, yeah, we'll see. I'm trying to figure out if I want to take a harpooner, a machinist, or both. It can be difficult because the harpooner is not very utilitarian, but it can, it can certainly do some disruption with some marker manipulation, pulling itself or an enemy model, it has lots of like little pushes. It does have a shockwave, which isn't bad for a a um, cost seven minion. The machinist just prints value by making a friendly EVS gain shielded one and draw a card. And there's no target number for that. Um. So that's where that, that's where I'm at with that. So it surprises me how little attention Maxine is getting in the Internet Echo Chamber. She seems like an extremely strong keyword. I don't know how strong compared to other higher level highbrow keywords. I'm, I'm not exactly sure, but she seems to me like she would be very good with all the card manipulation and she can do anything. She has Beaver and Calypso in their keyword. 
which can do pretty much anything. They can fulfill any role. They're very flexible. Parata is both a disruption piece and a and a beater. The uh, tide caller is ultimate utilitarian. It's just, it just has so much going for it. So since there's not much attention for her on the internet, I figured I would uh, go through her keyword and just kind of go over things in my thoughts. And this will be probably something that not a whole lot of people are going to be interested in listening in unless maybe you're a new player looking to maybe start this as your first keyword which I mean I would imagine that these people would be probably seeking something out on third floor wars or uh schemes of stones but I'll give it a I'll give it a shot for whatever my opinion's worth which probably isn't much but so Maxine Agassi Defense 5, Willpower 6, Movement 5, Size 2, pretty standard, average, nothing standing out. Uh, 6 Willpower is nice, I suppose. I generally would rather have 6 Defense, but eh, against the screws that surprise you with some Willpower attacks, it can be they can be helpful. Captain the Superior, so um, after a friendly EVS model with an 8, cheats fate with a card that shares a suit with its reconfigurability, it may draw a card. Is going to be coming up a lot. So card draw is extremely powerful. Cycling through your deck is always a good thing, even though that means that you're going to be drawing a lot of um, and flipping a lot of weak cards, but it also means you're going to be flipping a lot of severes. And going through your deck gives you a lot of knowledge. It's the, the quicker you can get your black joker out of the way, the more of your turn you have with that knowledge, knowing that no matter what, you will not flip the black joker unless you've you know, gone through your deck and reshuffled it, which I have hit the black joker twice in one turn before. So, you know, Deep Discovery, that's where EVS can discard a card and cheat fate with the top card of their um, opponent's discard. So it just gives you options. These things aren't necessarily, like, in and of itself amazing, but it gives you options. And options, in and of itself, is amazing. Polymath, at the start of her turn, you pick a suit to be her um, reconfigure suit. Uh, Enemy models treat cards with that suit uh, as having a value of one, so potentially devastating. Again, not super reliable and amazing in and of itself but it's a very synergy we've got a a synergy building here that comes together to form something i think is going to be amazing and it may just be my play style and how i look at things this may be amazing to me um and she can't gain stunned stunned is horrible i think it's probably the worst condition in the game uh injured sucks but stunned is really bad not being able to use your bonus actions or whatever they're called in third ed, I don't remember. And not being able to declare triggers, it's just it's just crushing. Um, especially with triggers when you get like low cost minions who have crap damage tracks, but they have critical strike, and you're counting on that extra damage. Her attack action strike between the ley lines and one inch stat six against willpower uh, two three five. The opponent has to discard cards from their fade deck until they until they uh, discard something that matches your reconfigure. This, again, like everything else, can be amazing or it can be an absolute dud. They might flip a one of whatever that suit is right away. Which may actually not necessarily be bad. Be, be bad. You can, if you can discard a card and cheat with that card. A Clockwork Revolver, you know, nothing too amazing. It's just draw out secrets. You can drop a scheme marker. You stone that in if you have a high card. Um, you can. She has some card cycling of bringing stuff back into her hand. Impromptu Invention is where this model really shines for me, is she can, it ignores concealment, stat 7 against willpower, and it's attack action, so you can use it against your opponent and give them, you know, injured or slow. Um, you can get, target gains a condition of your choice, plus one if that's applicable, um, that has not been gained from this action, this activation. Um, so... You, 
can't um, just give, like, say, fast out to everybody. You can give fast out to two models a turn with a um, ram trigger. So, I, in my opinion, what you do is you put fast on either two beaters and then have tide collar huck them up the field or make tide collar fast so you can huck an extra model, you know, whatever. Um, and then order in chaos is her bonus tactical action. And so what you can do is you go into your discard pile and you take as many cards as you want that matches your polymath suit, your reconfigure suit that you have chosen for that turn. And if you shuffle in two or more uh, weeks into your deck doing this, uh, she gets a six-inch place. So <laughs> she has a pseudo leap. Not bad at all. It, she just seems like a very utilitarian model who, while is not outwardly super aggressive, you can use her very aggressively because she can just wreck your opponent's day with her card destruction, her hand destruction, it's, it's deck destruction, or just putting out conditions. Her um, attack action, that one-inch engagement, stat six against willpower, situationally really good, like everything else in Malifaux, it all depends. It's the discarding from your fate deck until they discard a card that matches whatever polymath you chose. And mass trigger, touch of madness, target discards a random card. So you can just really wreck their day. Or you can, you know, put out the conditions, or you can support your own models and just really let them go to town. So if you have two models engaging a model that you really need to die, do impromptu invention, give them both focused, and wow, bam, they just wail on them. That leap makes her able to get out of combat, and there's no combat, you know, engagement stipulations there. A six-inch place is really good, so she can... Side note, something else I like about Maxine, and this is purely personal to me, um, is she has a bad arm, according to the fluff. I don't know if it's injured or if she has some, you know, polio or whatever she had, but she has an arm that is that is that is bad, as indicated by... The fluff when it's when it makes references to her quote good arm. So, as somebody that has physical limitations myself, I deal with uh, you know, pain and other issues. Uh, she just is a little extra special to me. And then we come to Maxine's totem, her husband, Orville. I love this totem. Almost everything about it, I love. He's got that amazing steampunk aesthetic that drew me to this game to begin with. I've said time and time again, Weird has gone too far away from. I feel like they got back to it a bit with Explorers. It's a little old man like on with a hang glider that has some sort of um, uh, exhaust spout on the top, and he's holding a bomb, and he's a very eccentric old man that has an obsession with paper airplanes and making the perfect air, paper airplane. I just, everything about it is great. And in my opinion, he's a really good totem. Best in faction? Probably not. One of the best in the game? Eh, he's pretty good. But I, I don't know if I'd put him in like top five or anything crazy like that. But anyways, defense six, willpower four, movement six, size two, deep discovery, he has flight, his reconfigure has masks, yeah, scout ahead, which means you get to see where your opponent is going to put a key model, assuming they don't have from the shadows. So that model is um, 
chosen to be deployed. You choose a model of your opponents to deploy, but right after de deployment zones are chosen, before anything else happens. Sputtering exhaust, so models within a two aura of him gain concealment. He only has four health, so he is pretty squishy, so you need to use him very carefully. He's size two, which is good, because sometimes, I don't know, sometimes they increase sizes when you wouldn't expect them to, like, so Zip is still only size one, even though his models are huge, and Sometimes they take that into account, sometimes they don't. It seems to me anyway I could be wrong. So um, not that I think that that's bad. I think that Zip being size 1 is fine because he's not flying all the time. But anyway, he has the one of the most utilitarian attack actions in the entire game with up we go. 2-inch engagement range. Stat 2 against size. Can't target models with flight. Pretty standard for up we go. Place a model anywhere within 3 inches of its current position. The target suffers 2, 3, 4 damage. Just absolutely amazing. He's so squishy that you're really going to be wanting to keep him hidden away from your enemy. Hide him, protect him, until he does that. One thing that you need him to do in the game, and if he accomplishes that, it's just pure win. Whether it be run out and drop a scheme marker, or run out and remove a scheme marker, or just moving an enemy model, or even moving one of your own models. It doesn't specify enemy only. Uh, reposition trigger the mask, move this model up to three inches. His tomes, uh, his bouncing bombs, enemy only once per activation. Choose another enemy model within three inches of the target, and that model suffers one, two blasts, three blasts, which can't be cheated. That's not bad. I, not amazing, can be, can be really good. I mean, this is a cost four, four health totem. His tactical action aeronautical electricity. The next walk action this model act takes this activation may leave enemy engagement ranges when moving. So you are not locking him down. All you need is a 4. It's a very low card. Again, you reconfigure, so you may be able to hit it with a... you flip a 1 of masks. Sweet, I passed my thing. And, mask trigger paper airplanes. Enemy models within 2 pulse must pass a target number 13 willpower duel or gain distracted 1. I don't have much else to say about this model except for it's pure utilitarian. He isn't going to win you the game. Well, I mean, he might win you the game, He might, but he won't lose you the game because he's really good. Um, he's not so good that your opponent is going to hunt him down, which is the problem when you're too good, And but he can't be ignored. He's something there that your opponent needs to keep tabs on and will... If he wants, to, if your opponent wants to take him down, then it's usually a, a, a two activation kill at least, or a two AP kill at least. So you might even be wasting uh, an opponent's entire activation, which is still a win. It can still be a win. That can just being a distraction card effects can be a win. So now you might expect me to go into her henchman or maybe her Enforcer Harada, but I'm going to go straight to the Enforcer Tidecaller. Cost 8, Defense 5, Willpower 5, Movement 5, Size 4. He's Armor 1, 8 Health, Deep Discovery, Depths of the Malfos, so he's unaffected by severe and hazardous terrain. Reconfigure Masks, so a little bit of competition with Orville, but I don't know if you're going to be needing the mask on Orville so often that it'll be that big of a deal. Plus, reconfigure is just, it, it, it's not super demanding um, of resources. 
weighted anchor for his attack action, one inch engagement, six stat, resisted by defense, two, four, six damage, solid damage track, very solid. Um, spread it around on a mass or on a tome, which is uh, suffer a plus blast. Whirlpool, which will win you a game, is the target and enemy models within one pulse of this uh, of it may be placed anywhere within three aura of this model. So you've got a bunch of guys on you that you need to get off of you because the tide collar needs to get across the board and and. Um, use its heavy torrent or whatever it needs it needs to do something whirlpool bam everybody that is engaging you are placed within three aura which can take them off of an objective put them in the face of one of your one of your guys put them in a completely inconvenient place to get around them or to get around to get back at your guys but what i really like him for is toss so one inch engagement stat four against size if the target model with lower size than this model, he's size 4. He can throw the emissary. Push the target up to 10 inches in any direction. If this push is interrupted, that model and anything it contacts with, it has to take a target number 14 defense duel or suffer 2 damage. Solid, solid, solid. Ultimate utilitarian. Throw your own models up board. Get that alpha strike. Get him in position. This game, in my opinion, what I how I like to play Malifaux is I like to control the ward. I like to be the one that controls where engagements happen. And then his tactical action is Heavy Torrent, which is a range 10. It basically just lets you take the toss. Uh, you lose range depending on how far away from the model you are. So just solid all the way around. And really what I like most about this keyword is this model right here. He has that nautical theme to him. He's a water monster. Um, I think the um, abstract idea of the water elemental is a lot cooler than what they actually pulled off with the or pulled not pulled huh, pulled off with the art in the model uh, the art in the model is a little disappointing to me but a water elemental carrying an anchor as a weapon that's pretty awesome even though the model looks dumb in my opinion so it's both like my favorite and least favorite of the keyword in that aspect i suppose so kia her henchman i'm trying to figure out she seems really solid on the card, but I'm trying to figure out when I would take her over something else because of how much she costs. Now, I'm not talking from the aspect of wanting, or from the perspective of wanting to always bring super friends. It's not what I'm talking about. She's cost 10, and there are a lot of things I can do with 10 stones other than another beater because I have the Tide Caller who can put out some nasty damage and be very utilitarian. So she's cost 10. 555 size 3 oddly enough I I am a little confused as to why she's size 3 I actually never noticed that before I always assumed that she would just be size 2 mind blown I never even I never I don't even think I ever looked at that because I just assumed she's size 2 she's just a, a human in a bit I mean, it's a big like steampunk Iron Man suit I guess but I guess that makes her size 3 I don't know whatever armor 1 9 health so she loses one health because she's armor one. I thought that it would, that didn't usually happen until they're armor two, but okay. 10 cost model, okay. Reconfigure Crows, which is the same reconfigure as Harada. So competing with your other beater for the reconfigure suit, eh, maybe not that big of a deal, but it, still, it's a thing. 
Uh, she is ruthless, so maybe she's more of a utilitarian piece. I'm going against Da and all of his nonsense, so I need terrifying. I don't know. Technophile, once per activation, when a friendly EVS model within three would draw a card from its fate deck, it may instead draw any value uh, five or less from its discard pile that shares a suit with its reconfigurability. So that's pretty good. You know that you need a certain card, you draw it. Like everything else in this keyword, situationally, really good. Otherwise, meh, you know, meh, it's fine. But can be crucial. There are so many different things in this keyword where it's very meh, but in that one instance where it's really good, it's really good. And there are so many of those that I feel like overall it creates a strong keyword. Her attack action, two inch engagement range, stat six against defense, her charged spear. Uh, it's two, four, six, but you can reduce her shielding to make it irreducible, which is nice. And um, she has a surge on its home. Um, enemy only on a crow. She can move the target three inches and then they have to discard a card or you can move this model up to three inches. So you can do some board positioning control. A discus grenade, which you would think would be a shockwave, but it's a gun action. That's a stat five against movement with an eight inch range. It's one blast, two blast, three blast with tome trigger uh, once per activation. Um, choose another within three that suffers one, two blast, three blast, which can be cheated. So she has Orville's trigger there. Ah, meh. Situationally decent. Not situationally amazing, but situationally decent. Um, her bonus action, shield generator, you need a five. Model gain shield one. If you get a crow until the end phase, after this model is damaged by a claw action, push stacking model up to two inches in any direction. So again, more utilitarianism. Um, she just, so it's a good problem to have. The main problem with her is there are so many other great models in her keyword that it makes it hard to figure out when you want to take her. I think she's situationally amazing. I would love to take her against Da or um, Neverborn if they have a lot of terrifying. I would definitely drop her in that situation. Uh, in my local two-man, sometimes three-man, hopefully four-man meta, um, it isn't as it isn't as useful. But that's purely local meta, th meta thing. That's not the model's fault. Machinist, this has to be one of the best minions in the faction. Cost five, 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 two for stats, deep discovery. Eye of the Hurricane. Friendly models within a three aura may ignore the aura effects of enemy models. Situationally game changing. Recently played against Dane with my um, lovely mites and spiders against Wastrel, and he brought the Oni statue, or the Obsidian statue, which, what a pain in the butt with its burning aura. I could have. This model? Ignore it. It's just ignored. Nope, you don't get to do that to me. Reconfigure crows. Lots of demand for crows. Although not really that big of a deal for the machinist. Her attack action, one inch, stat four against defense. Blah. But this is where it's great. Two, three, four. If the target is a friendly construct, it instead heals two. Ooh. And then on a crow trigger, this model may take the quartermaster action. I'll get to that in a second. She has a revolver, 2-3-4, 12-inch, stat 5, against defense. Very standard gun. Quartermaster, tactical action, 6-inch range, friendly only. The target gains shielded 1, 
If the target is an EVS model, it may draw a card. So boom, shielded, draw a card on a five stone model. Amazing. Bonus action, tactical action, navigation charts needs a five to go off. Choose two non-joker cards in your discard pile and shuffle them back into your fate deck. So yeah, you flip those severes when you really just needed a low card and you're like, gosh dang it, there's a 13 out of my deck for something that I really didn't need it for. Boom, it's back in. Trigger on a crow, all hands on deck. If two crows were shuffled back in, one friendly EVS model within six inches gains focused. So, great. Like, there's all kinds of turn one minimal engine revving going on. I don't like sitting in my backfield and revving the engine a whole bunch, but this is so minimal that it doesn't bother me. Pass out, um, pass out focused, draw cards, pass out shielded. Combos nicely with Kia. Just boom, shielded, throw your guys up. Very, very easy to kill. No defensive tech whatsoever and only defense five. It's a five but it's a five cost minion. How much more do you want? It has amazing utilitarian invocations, implications for how I like to play Malifaux. So to me, this is just a, it's an amazing minion. The Harpooner I'm having a little more of a hard time with. I'm trying to figure out... Sometimes when I'm thinking of Harpooner, I think it's amazing. Other times I'm like, meh. It's cost 7, 6, 4, 5, 2. Deep Discovery, Gunfighter, so 1-inch engagement on your gun actions. Predatory Instinct, which you get from Apex. Make your duel a positive to make your damage negative or vice versa. Reconfigure on a mask. 7 health. Harpoon Gun is a 12-inch, 5 with a stat... Or 5 for the stat with a built-in ram against defense. 2, 3, 5, push target... Three inches towards this model. The built-in trigger is to um, push a different direction other than towards this model. And if you were engaged when you did this, then you can um, place into base contact with them. Situationally, pretty good. Undersea toxins on a crow. Target gains injured one and poison one. Compressed nets, uh, which lets you take your massive net action. Ignoring range, which is really good. That actually is really good. The massive net is her... Bonus action, and Shockwave 1, move 12, damage 1, and staggered. Barbed Mesh for uh, Ram is resolving, suffer 1 damage. And Mass Hysteria, where you bottles damage by this push up to 3 inches. So there might be some good poison that you can do here with uh, Mr. Ingatoro and Harata, where you can get some poison out and kind of lock down the opponent. Maybe take the Nightsil Creeper out of keyword for that stat 7 one one poison, sometimes two poison. So there might be some good interactions with that. She has some marker hate with real in, so this action may target a marker. If it does so, you ignore its stat. So it's a stat five against move. Requirement is an eight of masks, so you need a three of masks for this to go off. Um, but that's her reconfigure suit. But we're starting to get some competition for the masks. Uh, you move the marker four inches towards this model or the other way around, and if it's interrupted within one pulse, of the moved object must pass target number 13 move duel or suffer two damage situationally amazing break break line or not break line um spread them out in the pool your opponent has three markers save uh, out on the middle line save this model to go last boom reel that bad boy in denial so or place one of yours in a safe spot and then reel it in later after your opponent's done going so that you can get that onto the midline and score your point so i mean but same problem as kia 
uh, you know, cost seven isn't horrible, but um, maybe I just need to get this model on the table and just really see what it can do. Um, because maybe it will, maybe how utilitarian it is would just surprise me. But I can definitely see myself taking it. Uh, not an auto include by any means. But um, I am actually looking forward to painting this because the aesthetic of these guys is just amazing. This is a little supplemental addendum that I wanted to record regarding Kia and her size 3. It suddenly occurred to me that that could actually be really good. She can be just a good bodyguard for other models since she stands taller than them. And she can reach over and protect models such as... Uh, Maxine, Orville, Harada, whatever, since she's a size higher than them and she has a two-inch engagement range. So that might actually, so it works to both her advantage and disadvantage. So I just wanted to add that in there. Next up in the discussion is Harata, who shares a keyword with Colette because, you know, she needed more awesome toys. So he is 6552, front of card, debilitating poison when an enemy model within four aura suffers damage from poison against distracted plus one. Super good because there can be a potential for a lot of poison in this crew. Deep Discovery, Distraction, any models within two aura suffer a minus to willpower duels. Echoes of the Ocean, once per turn, before a ski marker would be removed within four, this model may drop a ski marker and face contact with it. <clears throat> so both ski marker protection and, um, um, oh, what is the word I'm looking for? Um, efficiency with removing enemy ski markers. Reconfigure a crow. So demand for crows a bit for the models that are specialized in violence. Yeah, for his melee actions, carved Tayaha, the two-inch engagement, stat six against defense, three, four, five damage track with a crow for poison, a uh, blast on a tome. He has a shockwave, which is range eight gun, shockwave one, move 13, damage one, distracted one. And he can remove um, a ski marker touched by it. He has a crow trigger for another poison or for poison plus one. And mask, he can, uh, is blown back three inches away from the marker. His tactical action, <clears throat> his bonus action, the Hawkeye four inch pulse. Uh, it needs an eight, uh, so not nothing, but not a gimme. Uh, until the end phase, friendly models within range to share a keyword. You get to choose following abilities. Enemy models ignore a plus to their opposed duels or damage flips. Freaking amazing. Uh, Peru Peru, after an enemy model fails an opposed duel with this model by three or more, it suffers one damage. Eh, meh, meh, could be good, could be not good. I mean, I don't know when I would ever take that, <clears throat> unless I'm super friending him into, um, Nexus 2, which even then that would be super situational, but meh, I don't know. Options are always good. Uh, Tutun Garahu, after this model drops a scheme marker, move any one model within three inches of the drop marker up to three inches. So, where this is good is... You can control engagement with this. Let's say you're at two inches from a, an enemy that has a one-inch engagement range, so they already are not engaging you. <clears throat> you can drop a ski marker to push them even further away. Let's say that they're positioned on somewhere where you need to go and not be in combat. Or it's towards the end of the turn and they're on, like, say, a ley line and you want to push them off of it but not have to kill them. So you push them off of it and go do, carry about your business <clears throat> doing whatever. I'm surprised you don't hear about him more in Super Friends list since he has a, you know, that three, four, five damage track and can add poison for a pseudo min, min four. Defense six. I mean, he doesn't have 
amazing defense attack. He's an enforcer, so he can't stone off damage. He doesn't have a hard to wound or anything like that. Uh, he's really good into crews that attack willpower. So, I mean, there's there's some there. He is going to need protection. I don't know if I would put a flush with cash or something like that on him. So, it, he lacks defense, but, you know, you've got your reconfigurer for extra options and his deep discovery so overall i feel like he's probably going to be hard to keep alive because he's probably going to be a prime juicy target but a nasty enforcer indeed and i imagine comboing him with um <clears throat> mr ingatoro which uh, the fluff kind of nods to him being his father most people including myself originally assumed he was his brother and i believe that is not correct so i will get into uh, versatiles in another segment And the most super of super friends, saved for last, BB and Calypso. Which I didn't know this until I was looking this up last night on how to pronounce this, that there's some sort of something or other in Fargo, North Dakota, called BB. It's Dr. BB, 4542. Other man's trash, so when he activates, he can draw two non-joker piles, or he can draw two non-joker cards from his discard pile with value five or less, so get your reconfigure going on for that uh he has deep discovery he's evasive so shockwaves pulse uh, shockwaves auras blasts he doesn't care master pilot so <clears throat> he can deploy buried essentially riding in calypso and they get plus one to their duels when he's in in there and you can draw range and line of sight to dr bb if he is buried if you can draw a line of sight to calypso his reconfigure is on a tome Modified Welder, 1 inch, sat 5, gets defense, 2 3 3 damage against Burning 1. Or you can use it to heal Friendly Construct 2. Into the hatch, just lets him. Um, he can choose to treat that as a bonus action, and he can bury into um, Calypso. Leaps and sweeps, it's a 4 inch pulse. Uh, needs a 10 to go off, which is significant beyond his reconfigure. Any models within range gain injured one. Unopposed, just boom, injured one. <clears throat> and Doctor, we've lost them on a mask. Move one enemy model within range up to two inches in any direction. So again, just lots of control. This is a very control beatdown crew. This would be like something that I would have played in Magic, I feel like. Um, and on a tome, bit of scrap drop, scrap marker within range. So for, you know, research mission, deathbeds... <clears throat> Need to resummon him back. I can rebuild it. He can summon a Calypso to base contact with this model. Health equal to twice the number of cards. Discard, take the action. You can discard up to. You can discard any number of cards. So, and you move a scrap marker. So if Calypso has gone down, you can bring him back. Have to have hired Calypso to begin with, though. Now Calypso Mark II. <clears throat> the reason why it's Mark II. Read the read the Explorer's book if you haven't. Six one four four. All-terrain, can't gain staggered, unaffected by severe and hazardous, ignores mod models and vertical distance while moving. Amazing. Uh, he only has six health, though, so he's going to go down easy. He has armor, too, but he's still, like, he's going to be a high-priority target. You can keep bringing him back and keeping him alive with Dr. BB. So, and that's okay if my opponent wants to concentrate so much fire on Calypso. Unless they get super lucky, they're going to have to sink a lot of, a, a decent amount of AP into him anyway, but still... Demise Explosive plus 2, so 2-inch aura, suffer 2 damage when he, when he dies. He's mindless, so 
treated as being activated and no pass tokens when he's summoned. You reduce the cost of him by two if he's hired into a crew with um, Dr. BB. And he's a vehicle, so he he takes on the willpower value of the um, of the pilot and their deep discovery or reconfigure abilities. So his cost is six. I, this is these two are the most super of super friends. Um, I, they need to adjust this. There's no doubt about it. I don't think they need to adjust it for in keyword with Maxine, other than. I, I mean, I don't know. The whole point is that it's cheaper to bring in with BB and Calypso, so I don't know. I don't think he necessarily needs adjustment there, but... Um, and they're wanting to make a vehicle in the game, so I'm guessing that they don't want to restrict it to only being hireable into a crew whose master shares a keyword with his model. In other words, Maxine only. I, I don't know how they're going to handle some sort of re adjustment because he's taken a lot for pretty much everything because he can do everything um he's not necessarily a beater but the fact that he can get so much ap can make him a beater because what the upgrade does is lets you take each other's actions on each other's activations so <clears throat> that comes in handy is he has onward which needs an eight to take the walk action so, and it's a bonus free action so with max couple with maxine who can make them both fast i mean you can move them eight you can take it, they walk action eight times in a turn. So, move four. That's that, That's a lot. So, um, his attack action mining tool is one inch, sat five against defense. So, not amazing. Uh, target may not declare resistance triggers during this action. That is amazing. Two, three, four massive tentacles on a tone, push all models within three pulse of this model, two inches in any direction, and models move this way, suffer one damage. So a pseudo min three, assuming you have reconfigure. Thriller driller needs a seven, aura three, or not aura three, pulse three. Destroy all destructible ter uh, terrain within range. Great for marker removal. And a tome again, massive tentacles. Push all bottles within three of this model two inches in any direction. And they suffer one damage. And then things for dealing with a pilot. Eject and climb aboard. You know, getting out of the tank and getting in the tank. Uh, what can you not do with these two? They can scheme, they can go kill, they can flip turf markers, they can um, hold the lodestone. If you have to resummon it back, then, you know, then it gets sticky there because you won't be able to interact or with strategy markers or flip anything or basically you're aiding with strategy on Calypso's turn so you'll always have to activate Calypso first and then BB second so I think you need to be careful with this like everything else in this crew it seems they're not like super hardy but uh, you need to be careful with them you need to use the fact that the crew has a lot of card draw and superior card management and manipulation abilities to your advantage and that's going to be what keeps you alive because there's very little defense uh, yeah armor two uh, but six health six so in a way you can control your opponent's activation let's say you get a chance to hit calypso really hard that forces maxine player to activate bb next to heal him up or um run the mach run the machinist over the problem is is the machinist is never going to be able to keep up unless you huck the tide collar or huck with the tide collar the machinist over close to him to, to heal him up too so there's a lot of going to be a lot of crucial decision points, critical decision points in this crew. 
that I feel like might be a, a little more swingy than in other crews because they're not quite a glass cannon, but they're going to be super easy to kill and super easy to take down. Um, so that is my evaluation of the EVS keyword. I wanted to save the best for last. This is probably the main model that attracted me to this crew because um, I love the nautical theme. I uh, love the ocean. It, I, uh, I'm from Southern California. I'm used to being by the ocean, at just you know, 20, 30 minutes away. Uh, it, although I hate the beach, so eh, there's that. But so here's the thing: I get extremely seasick. I can't even step on a boat for more than five seconds without feeling like I'm going to throw up. Um, I dream of going scuba diving. Never been because I flip the black joker in life on pretty much everything. And I would probably get that thing where, like, when you come back up to the surface, you die because too much oxygen that's been compressed goes to your brain, and pfft, you're dead. Although, knowing my luck, I probably wouldn't die. I'd probably, like, have a stroke or have some sort of brain damage and, and just wish I were dead. So, I have never been scuba diving. Uh, but I just love the all the aesthetic, the theme, the wonder, the absolute wonder and mystery. This, like, alien world that's here on our planet that's so accessible yet inaccessible at the same time. It's so unmapped and un, undiscovered. It's like it's like a, a world of fantasy, and things under the ocean are just they're so different than things on land. It's like a, an alien world, and and uh, my whole life since I was a little kid, I just fantasize about undersea adventures and things. So I hope you guys can either you know get have listen to this and enjoy it, whether it gets your brain turning to like oh I might like this crew or be a new player and think, oh, this is helpful, or be a veteran player that thinks I'm absolutely insane and that everything I said is crap. That's fine, too. Got you thinking, or maybe not thinking. You listen to this in the background, you're not doing anything, you don't care. That's fine, too. I take any, I'll take any listen. <laughs> so um, I'll come back to you guys with a um, Monomania Chronicle Episode 1 after I get a game in.